Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 Wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mom of two, I'm always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. Can you believe we're already in week three of our 16-week study into Connecting the Dots, Messianic Prophecy from Old Testament to New Testament. And this week, we are continuing on our journey, and we are going to be focusing on two really important points that I didn't even realize myself until starting on this journey with you guys. I'm so excited. I hope you guys are ready because we're going to be talking about some numbers, and let's dive on in. I just want to dive on in to this exciting and lively discussion on this continuation of our journey of connecting the dots in scripture to our Messiah, Jesus, and really showing how the Old Testament connects to the New Testament and how we should be reading the entire Bible, not just focusing on the New Testament. So the first thing that I really want us to emphasize is so far we've learned how we have been given a promise from the beginning of time with Eve that there will be a redeemer from her seed and that we've learned it'll come from Abraham and from Jacob and from specifically the line of Judah and from the lineage of King David. But what is this messiah's name what is his significance what do we know about him is this person this messiah just a man or is he something else and that's the first point that we need to talk about today and this point is the crux of the gospel because if messiah is just another person then why does this matter But Messiah is more than just a person. He is God in the flesh. And he will have God's own name, Yahweh, applied to him. And this is really important for us to understand. So there are two passages in the Old Testament that I feel that are absolutely necessary for us to look at in order to understand this idea that Our Messiah must have God's name, Yahweh, applied to him. So if you will turn with me in the book of Isaiah, and as we know, Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet um, filled with Messianic prophecy. Um, So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, and this is when we hear the name of God and how it's applied to our Messiah. And these verses say this, For to us a child is born, a son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulder, for his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, my Father of Eternity, Prince of peace of the increase of his government and shalom there will be no end 
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness from now until forevermore. The zeal of Adonai Zavot will accomplish this. Now, I also want to read to you the same verse, and I have this Messianic Jewish um, study Bible that I really think gives a new light to these verses. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, dominion will rest on his shoulders. And I love this because we hear the Hebrew words. And he will be given the name Pele Yoetz El Gibor Aviad Sar Shalom. Wonderful, wonder of a counselor, mighty God, father of eternity and prince of peace. In order to extend the dominion and perpetuate the peace of the throne of the kingdom, David, to secure and sustain it through justice and righteousness henceforth and forever, the zeal of Adonai Zvaot will accomplish this. You see, this powerful, powerful verses illuminate to us that the Messiah is so more than just a man. So more than just a man. Because a man alone, as we have seen throughout scripture, is messy. And makes mighty mistakes and is the opposite of a prince of peace. But our Messiah, because of his kingship and because he is Lord, he is God in the flesh, he is our eternal prince of peace and that elevates our Messiah above any man. And only God can bring ultimate peace right? And that's the point. Only our Messiah can give us ultimate peace. Only God can give us ultimate peace. So therefore, our Messiah must be God in flesh. And there's another extremely uh, powerful passage of scripture that also demonstrates this. If you'll turn with me in the book of Jeremiah, I'm flipping there myself. Jeremiah chapter 23. And these verses tell us this. Behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Adonai when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he will reign as king wisely and execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell in safely. And this is his name by which he will be called Adonai, our righteousness. Therefore, behold, days are coming, says Adonai, when we will no longer say, as Adonai lives who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, Rather, as Adonai lives, who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all the lands where he had banished them, so they will dwell in their own soil. Notice verse 6. His name will be called Adonai, our righteousness. 
this scripture explicitly tells us that our Messiah is more than just any king, more than just any human king, more wise than Solomon, more powerful than David. He is Adonai himself. And that is why we as Christians believe that Messiah is more than just a man. He is God in the flesh. And this is echoed in the New Testament as well. If you'll turn with me to the book of Philippians. And it is the book of Philippians. And it's chapter 2. And I want us to start at verse one. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Messiah, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Ruach, the Spirit, if there is any mercy and compassion, then make my joy complete by bringing of same mind, having the same love, united in the Spirit with one purpose, do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves, looking out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua, who through existing in the form of God did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Yeshua the Messiah is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, my friends, I've heard a lot of people try to make the claim that Christians don't actually believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. How do Christians believe in a trinity that doesn't make any sense. But as we can see in these powerful passages of scripture, God cannot be limited. And Jesus, Messiah, Yeshua is just God in the flesh. So Messiah is more than just a person. He's more than just a prophet. He is God with us. Now, there's a second point that I want to talk about today as well. And it's a really, really fascinating um, point. Did you know, because I did not really comprehend this until recently. Not only is God Messiah in Jesus in the flesh, right? But we were given in the Old Testament the exact timing of when the Messiah would come. 
he would come 69 times 7 years, which is 483 years, after the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. Did any of you guys know that this was in the Old Testament? That we were given specific times when our Messiah was to come? Because I was completely, completely unaware of this amazing passage found in the book of Daniel. I was totally clueless. And what an amazing, powerful tool to have this passage to use to talk to other people who don't believe in Jesus as Messiah. And this is really, really exciting stuff. If you'll turn with me into the book of Daniel and chapter 9, starting at verse 24. This will make you really, if you don't already have an interest in wanting to read the Old Testament, this will change your mind because it blew my mind when I read it. Starting at verse 24 of chapter 9 of Daniel, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and for your holy city for putting an end to the transgression for making an end of sin, for forgiving iniquity, for bringing in everlasting justice, for setting the seal on vision and prophets, and for anointing the especially holy place. Know therefore and discern that seven weeks of years will elapse between the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed prince comes. It will remain built for 62 weeks of years with open spaces and moats, but these will be troubled times. Then after the 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. The people of a prince yet to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, but his end will come with the flood and desolations are decreed until the war is over. He will make a strong covenant with leaders for one week of years. For half of the week, he will put a stop to the sacrifice and grain offering. On the wing of detestable things, the desolator will come and continue until the already decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator. Now, I really had absolutely no idea that it was so decreed in the Old Testament of the exact timing of Messiah's coming. And this is such a strong point that we as Christians can use when talking to people about how we know for sure that Jesus is truly the Messiah and what's really interesting, what's really interesting is that because this prophecy shows us when the Messiah would come, the Jewish people, the rabbis, do not ever talk about this passage in synagogue. They do not because the idea is that if there is a miscalculation and the Messiah does not come, it would cause one, one's faith to be doubted. So the rabbis do not teach this text 
to the Jewish people. And my friends, what a way that we could use the Old Testament to reach the Jewish people so that they could come to know the Lord. And of course, as we see, we know based from the New Testament that Jesus came exactly, exactly at these times. For example, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, we read that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the land of Judah during the time when Herod was king. That gives us context as to exactly when Jesus was born. And we know this to be true because not only is it in the Bible, but we also have historical documents that prove the time of when these historical kings and rulers were in place. We also see in scripture how we have a timeline of when Jesus began his ministry in Luke chapter 3. We read in verses 1 and 23, In the 15th year of Emperor Tiberius's rule, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah, Herod ruler of the Galilee, his brother Philip ruler of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanus ruler of Abilene, is when John the Baptist began preaching in the desert. And then... We hear in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, Yet Jesus, Yeshua, was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. So you see, my friends, we are given a distinct, clear timeline. And we also see that Jesus was crucified, buried, and risen before the destruction of the temple and after Jesus was crucified, risen, rose from the dead, and then descended into heaven. In the year 70 AD, the temple was destroyed, thus fulfilling this prophecy. And if that doesn't blow your mind, wowza, wowza, it does blow mine. And that's all I have to share with you today. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to digest. I highly recommend sitting on this, praying on this, and asking the Lord how we can use this knowledge to show our children, look how the Bible just truly shows us between historical dates and all of this evidence that Jesus is Messiah, Messiah is Lord, Messiah is God. Thank you for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you do, give us a like, give us a comment, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and please give us a rating. We would love to hear from you guys. Please come back next week as we continue our journey in connecting the dots and discovering our Messiah in Old Testament and New Testament. Until then, this is Alexis Heeslip, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. God bless. God bless.